Good day. We continuing on our study of the Antichrist and we're now moving into the book of Revelation. What I'd like to do now is read the whole chapter of the book of Revelation, chapter 13. Verse 1, the beast from the sea. And the dragon, Satan, stood on the sandy shore of the sea. Then I saw a vicious beast coming up out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. And on his horns were, seven, were, were ten royal crowns, diadems. And on his heads were blasphemous names. And the beast that I saw resembled a leopard, but his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth was like that of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. I saw one of his heads, which seemed to have a fatal wound, but his fatal wound was healed, and the entire earth followed the beast in amazement. They fell down and worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. They also worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like as great as the beast? Who is able to wage war against him? And the beast was given a mouth, the power of speech, uttering great things and arrogant and blasphemous words. And he was given freedom and authority to act and to do as he pleased for 42 months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth to speak blasphemies, abusive speech, slander against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and all those who lived in heaven. Verse 7. He was also permitted to wage war against the saints, God's people, and to overcome them and authority and power over every tribe and people and language and nation. All the inhabitants of the earth will fall down and worship him, everyone whose name has not been written since the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb, who had been slain as, as a willing sacrifice. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is destined for captivity, he will go into captivity. If anyone kills with a sword, he must be killed with a sword. Here is the call for the patient endurance and faithfulness of the saints, which is seen in the response of God's people to difficult times. The beast from the earth, verse 11. Then I saw another beast rising up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, when the two are together. And he, makes the whole, and he makes the earth and those who inhabitant, inhabit it worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs or inspiring acts, even making fire fall from the, from the sky to the earth right before people's eyes. And it deceives those unconverted ones who inhabit the, uh, inhabit the earth into believing him because of the signs which he has given by Satan to perform in the presence of the first beast telling those who inhabit the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded fatally by the sword and come back to life. And he has given power to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast will even appear to speak and cause those who do not bow down and worship the image of the beast to be put to death. Also, he compels all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free man and slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, signifying allegiance to the beast. And there is no one, and that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. 
Here is wisdom. Let the person who has enough insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the imperfect number of a man, and his number is 666. So what we're going to be looking at here in verse, uh, not in verse, in chapter 13, are the two beasts. And so we've got a couple of different, we've got about three different points I want to share with you concerning this chapter. And my first point is to look at these two beasts. So let's look at the first beast in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. And the dragon, Satan, stood on the sandy shore of the sea. Then I saw a vicious beast coming up out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. And on his horns were ten royal crowns, diadems, and on his head was blasphemous names. I think I've mentioned this to you previously, but if I've not, in Scripture, oftentimes when we get given the terminology word picture of the sea it is frequently used with regards to describing humanity as a whole Re a restless sea describes a restless humanity a picture of humanity where the center of humanity is not god where a crystal sea you have the sea you have the the, the crystal sea surrounding the throne of god where god is the center everything is at peace so it's interesting in this picture that we get that the Antichrist will come up out of the sea. So Satan, the dragon's on the shore and he now sees a beast coming up out of the sea. Um, at this point in time, we are either very close to or it has already happened where the restrainers have been removed off society and we are moving in now to that seven-year period of Daniel. And um, what we have now is a lawlessness that is spreading through humanity and what humanity is crying for is a champion to come and rescue them from all this economic upheaval, this geopolitical upheaval, this social upheaval and and and. It, it, it basically, it's a job for Superman. It's a job for his image, his AI. It's a job for his Babylonian system of religion, economics, and government. It's a job for the Antichrist. They will choose the Antichrist. They won't choose the Christ. And so, coming up out of the sea, we have the Antichrist, the fourth beast, stepping into the fourth kingdom. The resurrection of the old Roman Empire. He will acknowledge himself as head or emperor, the last of the Caesars. And uh, you've got this significance of a beast rising up out of the sea. Now, I like what Pink says with regards to the teaching of evolution. Um, he, what he says is this is a this is a response of God to the evolutionary teachings of these um, ungodly people where they in evolution they say that and they insist that the origins of man we we come from beasts <laughs> and so here we have a beast that will rule man and ultimately lead fallen mankind into the lake of fire verse 3 
Then another sign of warning was seen in heaven, and behold, a great fiery red dragon Satan with seven horns and ten horns, and on his head were seven royal crowns. So here, in chapter 12 verse 3, we have a description of Satan. Let me read to you, read this to you again. Revelation 12, 3. Then another sign of warning was seen in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, Satan, with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven royal crowns, diadems. So, Satan here is seen and described as having seven heads, ten horns. So, let's go back and look at Revelation chapter 13, verse 1. And the dragon stood on the sandy shore of the sea. Then I saw a vicious beast coming out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads. And on his horns were ten royal crowns, diadems. And on his heads were blasphemous names. So the beast too has seven heads and ten horns. Antichrist is pure replica Satan. It's the son of Satan. Alright, this is Satan's seed. He is a replica of the dragon himself. When you see Jesus Christ, you see the Father. When you see Antichrist, you see Satan. Verse 2. And the beast that I saw resembled a leopard, but his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth was like that of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. Now I want you to listen as we go through this vision of Daniel. Um, in Daniel chapter 7, verse 2 to 8, and Daniel chapter, uh, and in verse 15 to 18. Daniel 7 verse 2. Daniel said, I saw in my vision by night and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring the great sea, the nations. And, the, and, and four great beasts, each different from the other, were coming up out of the sea in succession. So what I see here is as the scripture unfolds itself and explains itself, we've got different Full manifestations of the Babylonian system, the system, the governmental system of the devil, both religious and economic and governmental. And Daniel now has seen the winds stirring up the seas, the nations, tumultuous sea. Satan in, da in Revelation 13 is standing on the seashore and coming up out of it is the Antichrist. The final beast. Verse 4, Daniel 7. The first, which is the Babylonian Empire under Nebuchadnezzar, was like a lion and had the wings of an eagle. I kept looking until his wings were plucked and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. A human mind was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, the Medo-Persian Empire, was like a bear. And it was raised up on one side, dominion, and three ribs were in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much meat. Verse 6, After this I kept looking, and behold, another one, the Greek empire of Alexander the Great, like a leopard, 
which had on its back four wings like that of a bird. The beast also had four heads, Alexander's generals possibly in succession after him, and power to rule was given to it. After this, I kept looking in the night vision, and behold, I saw a fourth beast, the Roman Empire, terrible and extremely strong, and it had huge iron teeth. It devoured and crushed and trampled down what was left with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that came before it, and it had ten horns, ten kings. While I was considering the horns, behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, and three of the first horns were pulled up by the roots before it, and behold, it in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth boasting of great things and in verse 15 onwards the interpretation gets given to Daniel as for me Daniel my spirit was distressed and anxious within me and the visions that appeared in my mind kept alarming agitating me I approached one of the one of those who stood by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this so he told me and explained to me the interpretation of things. The four, these four beasts are four kings who will arise from the earth. But the saints, believers of the Most High God, will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. Then I wished to know the exact meaning of the four beasts, which were the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, extremely dreadful, with teeth of iron and claws of bronze which devoured, crushed, and trampled down what was left with its feet. Verse 20, And the meaning of the ten horns, kings, that were on its head, and the other horn which came up later, and before which three of the, of the horns fell, specific, speci specifically that horn which had eyes and a mouth that boasted great things, and which looked larger than the others. As I kept looking, that horn was making war with the saints, believers, and overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the Most High God and the time arrived when the saints, believers, took possession of the kingdom. Thus the angel said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which will be different from all other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it. As for the ten horns, out of, the, out of this kingdom ten kings will arise, and another will arise after them, and he will be different from the former ones, and he will subdue three kings. He will speak words against the Most High God and wear down the saints of the Most High, and he will intend to change the times and the laws, and they will be given into his hand for a time, two times, and half a time, three and one half years. But the court of the Most High will sit in judgment. And his dominion will be taken away, first to be consumed gradually, and then to be destroyed forever. Then the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will, heaven will be given to the people of the saints, believers of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all the dominions will serve and obey him. This is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my awakening thoughts were extremely troubling and alarming, and my face grew pale. But I kept the matter of the vision and the angel's explanation to myself. That is powerful stuff. The Antichrist will possibly, when we, when we look at the description in verse 2, as he resembles the the leopard and um, the bear 
and the lion. There is a possibility in my mind that, that the characteristics of all these empires will be wrapped up into this final empire. And, and, and the characteristics of these animals de depicted will also be wrapped up into his characteristics. For example, the leopard with its beauty and subtlety, the bear with its strength, cruelty, the lion with his boldness and ferocity. Verse 3. I saw one of the heads which seemed to have a fatal wound, but his fatal wound was healed and the entire earth followed the beast in amazement. In my mind, it's very clear from a number of scriptures that during the early part of the second half of Daniel's 70th week, the Antichrist is going to be assassinated. That's, that's my, my personal opinion. So coming into the last three and a half years, that time frame, I would even, I would even go so far as to say uh, dur during that period where you've got the earth passing through the wormwood system, the two wormwoods, that five-month period, and in the middle of that five-month period, the starting of the Great Tribulation, somewhere within that period of time, you're going to have an assassination that will take place and, and and then you're going to have a resurrection that's going to take place all in that period of time which will which will lead the world into beast worship and that's why you have the entire earth is now going to follow the beast in amazement listen to listen to these other scriptures concerning this uh, Isaiah 14 18 to 19 all the kings of the nations all of them lie dead in glorious array each one in his own splendor but you king of babylon have been cast out of your tomb denied burial like a rejected branch clothed with the slain who are pierced by the sword who go down to the stones of the pit into which carcasses are thrown like a dead body trampled underfoot pretty interesting uh, verse uh, Isaiah 37 7 listen carefully I will put a spirit in him so that he will hear a rumor and return to his own land and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land Ezekiel 21 25 and you O dishonored and wicked one Zedekiah the prince of Israel whose day has come whose time of final punishment is here Zechariah 11:17 Woe judgment is coming to the worthless and foolish shepherd who deserts the flock the sword will strike his arm and his right eye his arm shall be totally withered and his right eye completely blinded So from my perspective from my understanding um, there is going to be an assassination a successful assassination attempt and his life will be taken and we'll 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 look at that in verse 4 in a few minutes but the beast will be resurrected satan will be permitted to allow his son to come back from the dead now this possibly will then talk to him coming up the, out of the abyss, the Antichrist coming out of the abyss, which is also opened in the start of the great at the start of the great tribulation. 
And so at the start of the Great Tribulation, you've got the abyss opened, you've got, you've got the, the, the destroyer coming out, you've got all this, this angelic army coming out of the abyss. And you also have a, the, the, the spirit of the beast or the beast coming up out of the abyss. So the resurrection of the beast from death is now going to be such a pivotal moment in the history of the world that it's probably going to remove any doubt that people might have entertained concerning this person being God. And so when he comes out and now says, I am God, you will worship me. The whole world is going to now follow him. Listen to these words. And the entire earth followed after the beast in amazement. That statement is what follows his death and resurrection. Look at verse 4. They fell down and worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. They also worshipped the beast saying, Who is like as great as the beast? Who is able to wage war against him? So who is like the beast is a possible imitation of the song of Moses after God destroyed the army of Egypt during the Exodus. This is the song that they sang in the book of Exodus chapter 15 verse 11. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? So they are singing this. The, 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 the Israelites who have been successfully rescued are singing this to God. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, working wonders? When, when, when Israel celebrated the Lord, this is the terminology, this is the language that they used. This is a similar language that gets used at the death and resurrection of the beast. Who is able to make war with him probably now um, comes into play with regards to boosting the Antichrist army with all that's with all that's taken place against him. This is the revelation. This is the unfolding, this is the uncovering of all their plans, all their works. And however, however this unveiling occurs, it's going to reach every segment of the population. And people are now going to look at this man and now they're going to start following him. And they're going to follow him as he now, from this moment on, begins to prepare the world to stop Jesus from stepping onto planet Earth. Verse 5, and the beast was given a mouth, the power of speech, uttering great things and arrogant and blasphemous words. And he was given freedom and authority to act and to do as he pleased for 42 months, three and a half years. So what I want you to listen to are a number of different passages of scripture. This section here. The power of speech uttering blasphemous words is one of, a, one of the key indicators of identifying the Antichrist. Some of these passages of scripture refer to Satan himself. But remember, you look at the Antichrist, you're looking at the devil. It's one and the same thing in my mind. Psalm 52, 1-4. 
Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The loving kindness of God endures all day long. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You love evil more than good and falsehood more than speaking what is right. Selah. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. Isaiah 14, 13-14. This is a description of Satan and how I feel, I believe, and how he fell. And notice how he talks. This is exactly the same as how the beast talks. Verse 13. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the remote parts of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Daniel chapter 7 verse 11. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the great and boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to be burned with fire. See again, one of the identifying marks of this individual will be his destructive but deceitful speech. Daniel 7.20 And the meaning of the ten horns, kings, that were on its head, and the other horn which came up later, and before which three of the horns fell specifically, that horn which had eyes and a mouth that boasted great things, and which looked larger than the others. Daniel 11.36 Then the king, the Antichrist, will do exactly as he pleases. He will exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and will speak astounding and disgusting things against the God of gods, and he will prosper until the indignation is finished, for that will be for that which is determined by God will be done. Now you you, you read that Daniel eleven thirty six, and you compare that with Satan's words in Isaiah fourteen thirteen to fourteen. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the remote part of the Lord. I will ascend above the heights of clouds. I will make myself like the most high God. And here we see when he speaks, he will do exactly as he pleases. He will exalt himself. He will magnify himself above every God. He will speak astounding and disgusting things against God. And he will prosper until his end. Absolutely fascinating. And then 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4. Who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so insolently above every so-called God or object of worship. So that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God. Publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. An important identifier of the Antichrist is that he is going to ultimately unite all religions under himself and people will either worship him or they will die. That's the choice. The same as Nebuchadnezzar raising his gold gold star, a gold statue. When the music plays, bow down, worship, acknowledge Nebuchadnezzar as God or into the fire you go. So, Pink gives us 
an interesting point of view. Now, I'm just going to shift a little bit into this uh, thing that fascinates me with regards to the time that the devil or the Antichrist is allowed to reign. So, his reign is very short. Three and a half years for people that are suffering is very long. But in the scheme of eternity, it's a very short reign. And Pink now gives us an interesting point with regards to the number 42 that gets mentioned. 42 months and then his career is ended. Now, this number gets used, 42 months rather than three and a half years or 1,260 days. And it's, it's pretty significant. It's, a, it, it's factors are six and seven which stand for man and completeness. And uh, it is man in his fallen condition, here the man of sin, fully manifest. And another interesting point about this number is 42 stands for apostasy, the intensification, intensified apostasy. So in Numbers 33, we have various stopping places of the unbelieving Israelites in the wilderness and the number that they stopped, 42 times. In Judges chapter 12 verse 6, the number of apostate Ephraimites that fell in battle before the Gileadites, or the Gideites, please excuse me for my pronunciation, was 42,000. And you can go and read 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 4 and uh, chapter 10 verse 14. That's just interesting. I just thought I'd give that to you as an interesting uh, thing to put in your mind as well. All right, let's move into the next section of the study, which will be discussing the beast from the earth. And that is looking at chapter 11 to uh, verse 11 to 18 of Revelation chapter 13. Then I saw another beast rising up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence when the two are together. And he makes the earth and those who inhabit it worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs, awe-inspiring acts, even making fire fall from the sky to the earth right before people's eyes. And he deceives those unconverted ones who inhabit the earth into believing him because of the signs which he is given by Satan to perform in the presence of the first beast, telling those who inhabited the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded fatally by the sword and has come back to life. Let's go on. Verse 15. And he has given power to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast will even appear to speak. And cause those who do not bow down and worship the image of the beast to be put to death. Also he compels all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, signifying allegiance to the beast. And that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let the person who has enough insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the imperfect number of a man, and his number is 666. 
Now this brings us to the second beast called in Revelation chapter 19 verse 20 the false prophet. Let's read that quickly. And the beast Antichrist was seized and overpowered and with him the false prophet who in his presence had performed amazing signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were hurled alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. So what I want you to notice is the satanic nature of this beast. Alright? The fact that this beast spoke like a dragon shows the satanic nature and character. It's interesting that the vision is of a lamb. But when the lamb speaks, it speaks like a dragon. Look at verse 11 here. Then I saw another beast rising up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. So clearly, there is satanic nature in the leader of the false religion that will lead the world into worshiping the Antichrist. We are already seeing that begin to form. So we are seeing the formation of that, the drawing together of all the religions in the world under the World Council of Churches and the United Nations. What is his destiny? His destiny is, as I've mentioned earlier, he's going to spend, um, from, from, from the Battle of Armageddon, we see that Jesus Christ will take him and the Antichrist from the Battle of Armageddon and cast him into the lake of fire 1,000 years plus a period of time, unknown time, before the White Throne Judgment and everybody else whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life get cast into the lake of fire. So he will be a thousand years in the lake of fire before unrepentant humanity, the devil and his angels go there. And you, you can see that and we'll discuss that in Revelation chapter 19 verse 1 to 20 and chapter 20 verse 10. What other characteristics can we pick out about the false prophet? The false prophet is the antithesis of the Holy Spirit. Antichrist is the complete opposite of Jesus Christ. The false prophet is the complete opposite of the Holy Spirit. Now let me give you a couple of comparisons that are that I find pretty interesting. The work of the Holy Spirit after the ascension of Jesus Christ to heaven was to glorify Jesus Christ. The work of the false prophet, once the Antichrist comes on the scene, is to glorify the Antichrist and get the whole world to believe the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 13 verse 12. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence when the two are together. And he makes the earth and those who inhabit it Worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Uh, let's look at the Holy Spirit with regards to fire. This is after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit was sent back down to the earth. Was sent down to the earth. Acts chapter 2 verse 3. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire. 
which were being distributed among them, and they rested on each of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. Now, the false prophet and fire. Revelation 13, 13. He performs great signs or inspiring acts, even making fire fall from the sky to the earth right before people's eyes. So when the Holy Spirit came upon people, fire seemed to have come down upon each of the disciples in the upper room. And here we have the same copying of what the, the, the godly trinity is doing. So we have a direct copy of what the satanic trinity is doing. The Holy Spirit quickens or makes alive dead sinners into the newness of life. So the false prophet also gives life to the image of the beast. Revelation 13, 15. And he has given power to give breath to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast will appear to speak and cause those who do not bow down and worship the image of the beast to be put to death. We also have the workings of um, signs, wonders, and miracles. The power to work miracles is common in each person of the evil trinity. So just as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit each perform miracles, now we see the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet also each performing miracles. Revelation 16 verses 13 and 14. And I saw three loathsome spirits like frogs leaping from the mouth of the dragon, Satan, from the mouth of the beast, the Antichrist, the dictator, and from the mouth of the false prophet. For they are actually the spirits of demons performing miraculous signs. And they go out to the kings of the entire inhabited earth to gather them together for the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. And that's Armageddon. Three things are said in connection with the second beast that, that sort of correspond with the work of the Holy Spirit. As I've mentioned earlier on, it's, it's fire. Revelation chapter 13, verse 13. And I'm going to read the, this comparison. So these are the three things. The first one is fire, so I'm going over it again. Performs great signs or inspiring acts even making fire fall from the sky to the earth right before people's eyes. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had come, they gathered all together in one place, and suddenly a sound came from heaven, like a rushing violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire. The second comparison, or the second thing that the false prophet does in, 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 in trying to duplicate the Holy Spirit is the giving of life. Revelation 13, 15 He is given power to give breath to the image of the beast. John 3, 6 That which is born of flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. So you're born again of the spirit you are born into a newness of life. You've been given the life of Christ. The third thing that um, is an interesting 
comparison of what the Holy Spirit does and what the what the devil does is seals people. They seal people. So the, so the false prophet's job is to get as many people sealed into a relationship with the Antichrist and ultimately Satan himself. Uh, have a look at this verse of scripture here. Revelation 13 verse 16. Also he compels all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark. Seal them on their right hand and on their forehead, signifying allegiance to the beast. Ephesians 4.30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, but seek to please Him, by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. So there we have that comparison between the false prophet and the Holy Spirit. And the three things that the false prophet will do to try and come over as fulfilling the work of the Holy Spirit. Fire, life and sealing people. Let's move on and let's just briefly look at the unholy trinity. So in the 13th chapter of this book of Revelation, we have two, two beasts that get described. The first one is the final head of the last great human satanic empire representing Babylon that was started at the fall of mankind in Genesis chapter 3.15 and that Babylonian system has been working its way through trying to control mankind since that point in time. This beast comes out of the ocean and he is the final representation, the final head of this last empire before Jesus comes and utterly destroys it and sets up his millennium reign, his kingdom. The second beast is the false prophet. So the book of Revelation makes us aware of the fact that there is a false trinity. And here it is. We see it in the book of Revelation. Each of these people can be, see, can be clearly seen distinctively in the book of Re Revelation. First of all, we have the first beast in verse 2. Second, we have the dragon also seen in verse 2. And thirdly, we have another beast also seen in verse 11. In chapter 13, so we have this unholy alliance. We have this unholy trinity. The Bible, whenever... Now, now this is an interesting thing here. Whenever you read about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, or whenever you read about God the Trinity operating, you read about their characteristics. If you take Satan, Antichrist, False Prophet, the Unholy Trinity, and if you see what God does, Satan will do the opposite. If you see what Jesus does, Antichrist will do the opposite. If you see what the false prophet, uh, what 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 the Holy Spirit does, the false prophet is going to do the opposite, and you can basically begin to build yourself a picture of uh, what they are going to be doing and who they are, their character, their works, their deeds. The devil stands completely opposite God the Father. 
you are of your father the devil, John 8.40 says. The Antichrist stands completely opposite God the Son, and his name is clear in that opposition. And we've discussed what the word anti means. Replace, opposite. And the false prophet stands opposed to God the Holy Spirit. What the Father does, Satan's going to do the opposite. What Jesus does, Antichrist is going to do the opposite. What the, what the Holy Spirit does, the false prophet is going to do the opposite. Now, this is important for you to understand. Prior to them grabbing hold of you and sealing you, they will not reveal their characteristic. They will not reveal their purpose, their ultimate purpose. Because they're going to try and camouflage what they are doing. So Satan is going to come and appear to be the father. Antichrist is going to come and appear to be the Messiah. The false prophet is going to come and appear to be the Holy Spirit. We've read that scripture where they appear as angels of light. Ministers of righteousness. And so you're going to have to be very, very clear and very, very discerning to be able to tear away the camouflage and look into the true nature of who and what they are and what they're going to be doing. My final point in this podcast is looking at the Antichrist and his relationship with Israel and the saints. Now, I get this from Pink and I find it interesting. The Antichrist comes and claims to be Christ. So to the Jews, according to Pink, he is going to come and present himself to them as their long-expected Messiah. The one foretold by the prophets. To the Christians, he's going to come and present himself as the returned Christ. And he's going to come and attempt to implement his millennium reign and rule over a mock messianic kingdom. Look at the New World Order's test run of Adolf Hitler and his attempt of the Thousand Year Reich. So of the Messiah, of our Messiah, the real Messiah, the real Jesus, he is going to take the governments of the world onto his shoulders and he's going to wield royal power as soon as he gets presented at his second coming. He is going to restore the kingdom of Israel and he's going to set up his throne in Jerusalem and he's going to rule there for 1,000 years. Antichrist is going to come in before this event and try and do exactly the same thing. He's going to attempt to do exactly what Jesus Christ is going to do. Because he is the Antichrist. He's going to come and present himself as the Christ. So when he, the Antichrist, is revealed, he is going to have a lot of power and he's going to rule the world. He will have a kingdom which he will rule. Watch for the peace treaty between him and the nation of Israel at the start of the seven years. 
Remember, when Jesus comes, he's going to set up a rule and reign with the Jewish people, his people, and the saints of God, the body of Christ. The Antichrist is going to try and duplicate that, I think. And so watch for that see, watch for that treaty. He's going to come and try and present himself as their Messiah. They're going to cotton onto it in the three, at the start of three and a half years, and that's when all hell is going to break loose. Literally hell on earth, as I've said. Have a look at this passage of scripture here. Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. Then the king, the Antichrist, will do exactly as he pleases. He will exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and will speak astounding and disgusting things against the god of gods, and he will prosper until the indignation is finished. For that which is determined by God will be done. He is the king. He will be the king of that empire, that fourth empire. He will do whatever he pleases. And he will definitely magnify himself as God. Listen to this. John 5.43 I've come in my father's name and with his power. And you do not receive me. Because your minds are closed. But if another comes in his own name. And with no authority or power except his own. You will receive him. And give your approval to an imposter. That is fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. Especially in light of the treaty that the Antichrist is going to. Um, sign with the Jewish nation. So Antichrist will have a lot to do with the Jews in Israel. First, as a benefactor, as a possible leader, as a possible peacemaker, and then as the abomination of desolation. The Antichrist is going to be the perfect counterfeit to the true Christ and he's going to be and he's going to lead many many Christians with their pastors into deception he's going to be the focus of the world religions worship and he is going to demand and he will receive divine honors so just as the son of man will be the head, the ruler, the king of the fifth world empire. We can read that in Daniel chapter 244. The man of sin is going to be headed up and be the king of the revived fourth world empire. Daniel chapter 2 verse 40. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to give you five points of comparison between the beast of Revelation chapter 13 and the man of sin in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So let's go and have a look at these uh, th these tables in the slide that I've that I've drawn up for you. So for those listening on podcasts, I've just got a table, two columns, and um, five points, and Revelation scriptures in one and Thessalonian scriptures in other, which I'm going to read and just make comments on. So the first one is that the beast receives his power, seat, and great authority from the dragon. Revelation 13 verse 2. 
And the beast that I saw resembled a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth was like that of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and authority. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, the coming of the Antichrist, the lawless one, is through the activity of Satan, attended with great power, all kinds of counterfeit miracles, and deceptive signs and false wonders, all of them lies. My second point in the table, all the world wonders after the first beast. So we're looking at deception, we're looking at strong delusion. Revelation 13.3 I saw one of his heads which seemed to have a fatal wound, but his fatal wound was healed, and the entire earth followed after the beast in amazement. 2 Thessalonians 2.11 Because of this, God will send upon them a misleading influence and activity of error and deception so that they will believe the lie, in order that all may be judged and condemned who did not believe the truth about their sin and the need of, for salvation through Christ, but instead took pleasure in it. Number three, the first beast is worshipped. In Thessalonians, Antichrist sits in the temple of God. Revelation 13, 4. They fell down and worshipped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. They also worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like as great as the beast and who is able to wage war against him? 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. Who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so instantly above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he actually enters and takes his seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. Number four, the first beast has a mouth speaking of great things in Revelation, and in Thessalonians he exalts himself. Revelation 13, 5, and the beast was given a mouth, the power of speech, uttering great things, arrogant, blasphemous words, he was given the freedom and authority to act and do as he pleased for 42 months. 2 Thessalonians 2.4 Who opposes and exalts himself so proudly and so instantly above every so-called God or object of worship so that he actually enters and takes the seat in the temple of God, publicly proclaiming that he himself is God. And then finally, point five, the first beast makes war on the saints, Revelation 7, 13, 7, and he will seek to exterminate and obliterate everything on God, everything on earth which bears the name of God, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. So in, in 13, 7, he was also permitted to wage war against the saints, God's people, and overcome them, and power and authority and power of every tribe and people and language and nation. And then in 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, who exalts poses and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he actually enters the table and gets them to worship him. Alright. From these points, you can see that the beast in Revelation chapter 13 and the man of sin in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 are one and the same person. I believe that they are one and the same person. Well, that's it. The end of uh, looking at the Antichrist in uh, Revelation 13. Now we're going to look at his image and briefly just talk around that and then that will probably end off 
the Antichrist section of this Bible study. That's for now. Thank you. God bless.